Future Self Podcast, Episode 26. For anyone that's thinking about making the leap, figure out a minimal viable product first while you're still working. Figure out a way to test the waters to get things going and to get proof of concept that what you're trying to do is of value to someone else. This is the Future Self Podcast. He's your host, Robert Ingalls. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Future Self Podcast, your resource for knowledge, insight, and inspiration. Now, before we dive into my podcast, I want to talk about your podcast. You know that podcast that you keep saying that you should start? Now, you know you have a good story and you know people will listen. So my question for you is, what are you waiting for? Podcasting has taken the creative control away from the entertainment executives and placed it back in the hands of the people. Today, all it takes to have a successful podcast is a unique story that resonates with your listeners. Today, the people get to decide for themselves what is worthy. To get you started on your podcasting journey, I've partnered with Advent Coworking to present a live four-week podcasting course that will take you from idea to launching your show on iTunes in four short weeks. To sign up, go to yourpod.pro and you'll be the first to know when the cart opens up. That is yourpod.pro. All right, let's jump into today's show. This week, I got on the mic with Kevin Jerunas, the founder of Advent Coworking, Charlotte's premier co-working space in the vibrant Plaza Midwood community. Now, I didn't plan it out this way, but this interview couldn't have been a more perfect follow-up to the episode with Court Creedon. Kevin spent the bulk of his life chasing a version of success that wasn't his own, earning a master's in structural engineering and working as an IT project manager for four years. On paper, Kevin was living the life of his dreams, but like so many others, he was not fulfilled by it. Now, instead of sticking it out, And hoping for the best, Kevin decided to walk away from that career, a career that he had built for so many years, to start doing something that mattered to him. And the Charlotte community is a better place now for it. It is such a beautiful thing to see an alignment between someone's spirit and their career. And the Advent community is truly a reflection of that perfect alignment. So let's go ahead and jump into it. How's your day going, man? It has been very busy. But good. Yeah, you seem to be busy pretty frequently. Like I come in here and you are just boom, boom, on the phone, talking to someone. You know, someone's coming in the door. Is that every day? Yes, for sure. And it's by design. I mean, I'm busy because I'm making my life busy by having all these meetings and all these schedules. Right. I assume they're all part of the greater good of the business, though. That is generally the goal, yes. Yeah. Not always, but generally, yes. Right, right. You know, we've talked a little bit. I kind of know a little bit about your background. Uh, Civil engineering, right? Yep. So I think the the big question on my mind and everyone else's mind is how does a civil engineer decide that he's going to start a co-working space in Charlotte? Sure. I'll try to be as short as I can. But no, we have all day, man. <laughs> I went to school for civil engineering because it was the right thing to do, according to my family. Ooh, the path. Yeah, I was a very well institutionalized individual. I got a master's degree in structural engineering. I had my dream job in Chicago and then hated it and realized that this is not it for me and this is not what I want to do. So I got thrown into IT consulting, did a lot of IT project management work, process improvement stuff, and that moved me down to Charlotte. 
from there, I've always loved to create art and I've always had a creative edge and I don't do well with authority. Uh, so, <laughs> Dude, you're speaking to my soul right now because <laughs> that's, a, that's a big part of who I am and the decisions I've made in life. It, it's funny, you're kind of taking me down the same path of the last interview I just did with Court Creedon. Uh, he wrote a book kind of speaking to that whole thing of following that preordained path, of checking the boxes that you're supposed to check and then waking up one day and being like, uh, fuck all this. This yeah. is not what I signed up for. This does not make me happy, and I don't want to do it forever. So I love that, and uh, it, it definitely speaks to me. So you're here. You have this job that you spent your entire life acquiring the skills to get. You don't like it. What What do you like? What, what What's the process? Like, was there a day in time where you were like, "I'm done," or was it just kind of a process you came to? Yeah, it was a gradual process, uh, a, a fairly calculated process. Uh, basically, I started with a meetup group. So, well, let me start over. I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do for a while. I want to open up a bike shop, coffee shop, bar, gallery in one, and I'm still going to do it someday. That sounds awesome. It's going to happen. It's just a lot of work to run it, so I haven't done it. But uh, that got me thinking about what I value, what I want to do, what I enjoy, and those are all items that I really enjoy. And a gallery space in Noda gave me an opportunity to showcase some of my artwork, and they had this little kickoff party. And I was expecting just a really low turnout of friends and family. But a bunch of my family from Ohio, Seattle, and Florida all flew in. A bunch of my friends came to visit. And it was like this huge party. And the, the outpouring of support from friends and strangers uh, was just was awesome. And it changed my life. And it was like, how could... It's such a simple concept. They gave me a platform to be empowered to do my thing. And it was amazing. And it changed my life. And I was like, well, how can I get more of this for myself, but also give others a similar opportunity? And that got me down this path of, well, creating a shared space and the idea of being part of something bigger than yourself and part of this village mentality of life really appeals to me. Uh, and then co-working came into my radar. How did that happen? I don't remember who told me. I think I saw someone sent me an article about WeWork and the concept of a shared workspace. And I realized, well, we can do this, but do it differently with a really strong community focus and intentionality to it. And that got us down this path and the stars aligned and found the owner of this building and got in and it's kind of been running since. I want to peel some of the layers off that onion a little bit. I feel like we, you know, kind of skipped over some of the points that are most important to me. <laughs> so this process is happening. You don't like where you are. You're starting to have these different ideas. You go to this event in Noda that you really enjoy. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. I guess I did gloss over. No, all it's that. okay. It's okay. We're, you know, that's what I'm here for to drill down into the important stuff. And but I, I want to know like kind of what what the mental process is, because that's the thing I think that can be the most important for people that are in the position you were before you made the change. They're out there. They have taken this preordained path. They have checked all the boxes. They have the job. They have the house. They have the car. And none of it is filling that void they thought it was going to fill. And, and But they don't really understand what steps to take next. Like what is going on in your mind while you are making this? Like what was... Was there fear? Like, what was what were you going through? What kind of emotions were you working through when you were like, I'm going to quit this thing I've been doing my entire life that I've spent all my money, blood, sweat, and tears on? Uh, a mixture of a lot of emotions. So the following the right track in life is very risk adverse. So giving up this cushy job, this, this easy pay, easy work, generally somewhat empowered work style to have this complacent life was really difficult to question and want to give up. And this is a very much first world problems here. I am extremely fortunate where I am and where I came from. So I'm complaining because it's my little world that I'm in, well, but it's, it's, 
you know, I hear what people are saying, and I think that there is a time and a place to, you know, to, to let people understand that, yeah, I, I understand what my privileges are, and, and I understand that my issues pale in comparison to some other people's issues. But at the end of the day, I live this life, like every single day I live it, and, and it, it needs to be authentic, it needs to be me. And if I spend all my time worrying about, well, I have it better than other people, well, then you're not making yourself better. So, like, that's kind of one of the things I focus on here on the podcast. Like, those issues are real, and, and, and I'm into them. But at the same time, like, we are living our own life, and we got to develop that at, 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 you know, the rate that we're happy with. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I agree. so you know, I don't have, you know, I, th- I, thought, I think about that same thing. It's like, who am I to bitch? But at the same time, if we don't identify our own problems and, and try to move forward, we're never going to move forward. Yeah, and if you're not so, happy with your life, then why not? It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, I started with a meetup group. So I was still working full-time, and then I decided to make this meetup group called Charlotte Coworking Community. And we went to different galleries that had beer and looked at artwork, drank alcohol, and just talked about um, life, being creative, technology, and then I put a spin on coworking in there. Like, do you work from your house? What right. is it like? And just to see what the gauge was. And at that point, there was already Packer Place and industry. And like, what year are we talking about? Uh, this was October 2000. Oh, shoot. Three years ago. Okay. Whenever that was. 14? Sure. So about a year before you opened here. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And my friend I was talking with in China, he's like, what's the worst that could happen? It's 75 bucks for six months. Just try it. I think it was $75 for the year at that point. They've jacked the prices since then, but where it's was been it? fine. And where was this? Uh, this was at my house in Charlotte. Okay. So I'm on the phone with him at, late at night. And he's like, just make the meetup group. What are you going to lose? I'm like, fine. Oh, that's what I was trying to figure out. The meetup group was 75 bucks yeah. for six months. I see. I've never started one. Yeah. Very cool. So that's good information. Tonight. I think it was $75 for the year at that point. Okay. Now it's like 70 something for every six months. Got it. But it's for us money well spent. Uh, but anyway, so I started that. I started some meetups and people started showing up. Uh, I was actually really surprised at the turnout and the interest. And while all this was happening, I decided just to start looking for a building just to see what's out there. Because the Charlotte world and the Charlotte market was really not as dynamic as it is today, but still pretty crazy. Through five points of connection, I got in contact with the owner of this building who recently bought it from the Kellogg plant. And he was looking to renovate it and not destroy this old structure that was built in the 40s. And they wanted an anchor tenant. So the, it was really a serendipitous moment that the stars aligned for us to make this happen. We got a smoking deal to come in here in this this building. They did all the retrofit for us. And the idea being that we were a stable tenant that would activate this building and in turn get him other tenants. And because of that, it worked. They got Catawba Brewing. They it does got, look like it worked. Yeah, man. It, well, we're not all to blame, but I think we had a, a hand in it for sure. And the location is the bomb. I mean, you know, you kind of paved the way. You're, the, you're really the first person in here, weren't you? We were. We yeah. were absolute first. Yeah. So it was, it was take the bit, credit where it's due, Kevin. All right, I'll take it. It was, it was fun. <laughs> it, it's still a ride and we're expanding everything else, but that, okay. So that, that jump though, from meetup group to actually getting the space in that time frame of signing a lease for the building, um, we started, I found actually my business partner at the time found me through the meetup group. So we connected and we really shaped the strategy and the overall vision of Advent. Came up with the name together, got the website, got everything after we met. So that kind of helped spearhead it a certain direction faster, which was wonderful. And then from there, I started basically pre-selling the space. We were actually pre-selling Advent before the lease was signed and getting people to actually pay us to be founding members before we officially solidified the space. It's a great idea, like kind of selling people on your vision and they're willing to risk themselves on it as well. That made me realize the power of 
why why matters and why do you exist why are you doing this why bother and if it's if it's real and you're passionate and you believe in it and it resonates with others like they people will follow because it's like they believe in what you're doing and they want to be part of it and or they see themselves being part of that vision oh, absolutely it, that has been a profound ideology mind shift for me to see an inaction right and that's you know it sounds like you've probably read Simon's next book yeah, I haven't read his book. I saw his video. Saw the TED Talk. Yeah, I think like yeah. everyone, their brother has. At this yeah, point. yeah, and the book was good, and and that was really my first time encountering that whole idea of the why is so important. You know, what you're doing is fine, but people rally behind the story. People rally behind why you're up to do what you're doing, and, and I love that. It, it was instrumental in helping me craft my own vision around what I'm trying to do. So. Yeah, I would rather have a thousand songs in my pocket than my Windows laptop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A million percent. <laughs> so my, I still use my iPod every day, by the way, for all Spotify folks out there. Yeah, the iPod. The iPod, Look yes. Look at you. Yeah, I've, everything's on the phone now. And honestly, man, I uh, I haven't bought uh, an album, even just a digital album, in several years now. Like, as soon as Apple Music went live, I've actually since switched to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since streaming became, you know, so easy, I, I just... Everything's on my phone now. So yeah. the iPod, uh, I don't, I may still own it, but I couldn't tell you where it is. I'll take it off your hands for it. <laughs> I actually hear that some of those old ones are selling for some cash. Yeah, because the like the 160 gigabyte ones, audio files need a way to store their FLAC files, which are like 30 to 40 megabytes a song. Yeah. And you can't do that on your phone, and it's a bitch to stream if you want the high fi- the quality. The iPod's like the only thing that exists yeah. that really does it well. Well, and I'll tell you, I've been into music for a long, long time, and I consider myself pretty good audio buff, but I'll tell you, man, I the difference, I cannot hear the difference between 256 and a FLAC file. That's fair. I, I can hear between 192 and yeah. 350. Yeah, you can definitely hear the 192, but it's still, you really got to listen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you do. But, I, but yeah, the FLAC files, I couldn't... Uh, I just couldn't justify taking up that much space on my hard drive because I was like, I can't. I wanted to feel like I could hear it, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, and it's your equipment too. That's, That's a fun tangent. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I love music and I just have Me too. I'll talk to you about that all day, man. I feel like I've lost a little bit. Well, I can't go into all the conversations because it's. Anyway, yeah. I, I lost a part of my soul when some of these music sites online oh, went, yeah. went away. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but that's where streaming came in for me. Yeah. Is it allows me risk free to experience music again. Yeah. You know, when like when Napster first came out, we can call it good or bad or indifferent. I'm not even taking a, a moral viewpoint on it, but it introduced me to music that has changed the way I live my life today. Yeah. You know, the music it allowed me to to hear the concerts that I went to because of that. I'm like, oh, this band. Because I, at that age, I wasn't going to spend 15, sometimes $20, you know, in, in the late 90s to see if an album was good enough to make me want to spend that money. Like it was just, it was such a gamble Yeah. and being able to just download that song and be like, yes, this is my jam. I will go buy that album now. Well, and because back then downloading music, the quality was crap. Like you could, you could listen to the song, but if you really wanted to hear it, the quality was garbage. I got a couple songs from the LimeWire days still on my iPod. And when they pop up, they're, they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's there, and, the, and usually they would be labeled wrong too. Yeah, it would be like the Beatles, and it would be like a John Mellencamp song. <laughs> oh, my my labeling and my genres are all, for the most part, pretty meticulous. Oh, dude, I spent, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you the hours I spent like curating my iTunes. Yeah, to get it perfect, and and the the sad part of all that is, is I don't even open that anymore. 
rarely. I rarely even open iTunes anymore because everything is streaming now. And unless I'm like, oh, that live show from 93, like that I really just have a craving to hear, for the most part, almost anything I can find streaming now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's good and bad. I do miss my iTunes going through because I spent a lot of time. I have all the artwork. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I scoured the internet to make sure that every album had its artwork. <laughs> oh man, I enjoyed that. We'll, we'll have to do an entire episode just on music sometime. I'm definitely like the old man out of everyone I know as far as I like the file, to have the file. In yeah, case the, I hear you. the world blows up or you know, t- right. Taylor Swift decides to ban every streaming service and right. everyone else decides to I gotta suit. have my Tay-Tay. Yeah, exactly, know? man. So SoundCloud's <laughs> out, right? Or not SoundCloud, who is it? Uh, I don't know who she's not on. What's the S one with the green logo? Um, Spotify. Yes. Yes. And I don't use that one either. Like I said, I use Amazon. And I think she she may be exclusive to Apple. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I haven't kept that, to be honest with you, on Taylor Swift's Yeah. And I just services. have heard about that. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, man, that last album, I wanted to act like I was like too cool not to like it. And then I listened to it and I'm like, nah, this shit's amazing. <laughs> like, it made, if it, I, well, and I made a rule right around the time I turned 30, like, I'm no longer going to dislike music on principle alone. Well, um, that's very, well, it just uh, wasn't making my life above you. Yeah. Well, but you know, we, I feel like a lot of people do that growing up. They're like, you can only like these things and you got to hate these things. And, and so now, you know, I have a pretty eclectic mix of things. I mean, I'm mostly singer songwriter. It just speaks to my soul for the most part, but I mean, I will get down to some Kanye, even though he's a loathsome person, Taylor Swift makes me want to wiggle. And I and I wiggle, so so I'm good with it. And and while we're on music, I'm just gonna give a shout out. I heard a song. I've never really been into uh, Michael Franti or Franti. I don't remember how you say it. Uh, but I heard a song on the way here on XM. It was a, uh, it was a, uh, life is better with you. Beautiful song. I just wanted to put that out there because as soon man. as I listened to it, I, I shot it over to my wife, and I'm like, oh, yes, if he, I could write music, I would write you this. <laughs> that's very romantic of you. I, I I'm that kind of guy. That's nice. So, well, let's, let's kind of dive back into it. I, I want to, no, I love this. That's one of my favorite things about podcasting is just talking. Um, I, you know, my career counselors missed the mark. You know, it was like, oh, talks in class too much. You know, doesn't pay, play by the rules. They, they just had it all set. Like, they should be like you should uh, go into radio or. Name on board you know? every day of the week. Yeah. Oh, every day. Yeah, I was always in trouble, always in detention. It was a mess. I want to think a little bit more about the kind of the struggle that it took. Was there like a pretty good struggle when you were deciding to quit? Like, was there pushback from friends, family? You're this civil engineer. You got a master's degree. You're on the track, man. You got the job. Like life is mapped out for you now. What did you know? What, what did your parents say? What did your wife say? Yeah. So before I found my business partner, my wife and I were bouncing ideas off each other. And I think if I didn't have a business partner, I'd be divorced by this point. We're still happily married. So she liked the fact that I had someone else who kind of thought like she did to kind of steer the business in a certain direction and felt comfortable being hands off and believed in what we were doing. So having my wife on board out of the gate was huge. If she wasn't in support of what I was doing, it never would have been successful. That was number one. My parents were just happy I went to college and they, <laughs> they didn't quite understand the concept of what I was going to try to do. But I told them like the worst case, I'm going to be out of money. I'll lose $150,000 over the course of three years in rent payments and I get to re- go back to get a real job and pay it off and be in debt. And I'm, you know, I got a lot of life to live still. But how many of us do that just on a college degree? So Fair. Yeah, fair. And then the last one, uh, my, my in-laws convincing them that it was a good idea instead of doing my bike shop, my bike coffee shop, gallery, bar. I went this route and they liked the idea as well. So getting family buying was great. Friends, I didn't care if they liked it or not. And uh, most people that I talked about were like, oh, that's interesting. I don't really get it. I, I, what is this all about? And at that point, it just it, even today, it's still a lot of just educating people on the concept of what co-working is and how 
once you start seeing the light bulbs go off about how this could apply to your life. Like my lawyer is a great example. He, when we first went to our lawyer to create our business entity and all this good stuff, he, he kind of got the concept, but he could he wasn't 100% sure how it was really going to work out. And now two years later, he's on the wait list for an office in our space. And nice. So like, you know, it just people, it takes people a little bit to come around to what it is and what's going on. Sure. And, and I think you see that in a lot of areas of life when people are just trying to, I mean, podcasting is a good example. When you look at the, the demographic and, and, and look at those bar charts, you see that, you know, the younger generation grabbed it, they understand its value. And then you look at the top end where the people that are, you know, 55 and over and they're picking it up, but they're picking it up slow. They don't understand the concept. Like I'm trying to explain it to my mom, like, and she's like, ah, oh, it's just a thing. I don't want to mess with another thing. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'll listen to an audio book if I want to hear something. Yeah. Um, but to your point about co-working space, I, I don't know why I'm constantly amazed, but I talk to people who are my age who are in the community. I talk to a lot of lawyers and they, I'll, I'll talk about co-working and they get this blank stare. Like they don't know about it yet. And it's so crazy to me because, and I guess just because I'm in this community now, like I gave up a physical office years ago and the idea, honestly, I was talking to John earlier out there and the idea, no matter where I go with my business, the idea that I would ever own a physical space again, where I got to pay the power and, and and the internet and cleaning. the security system and the cleaning and any of that. And then even if it's a small, tiny office, I'm not getting out of that for 700 to 1,000 minimum. And then I can come somewhere like this and for five, 600 bucks, I can get my own little private office. I don't have to worry about anything else. I cut that one check and that's it. I got the whole space. And then I have the community as well. Preach it. Oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, and I'm not even saying that because you're here. If I was talking to someone on the street, this is I would tell them authentically, this is how I feel. And the community is such a large selling point because making those connections with other like-minded people is the kind of stuff that's going to move you forward in your own business. And a lot of people that are doing these entrepreneurial-minded things, those connections are invaluable. Yeah, man. We see it happen every day. Yeah. It's networking while you're working because most people, they go to work for eight hours, and then if they're trying to do something different in life, they leave and then they go spend the next two or three hours going to like forced networking events. And and here, you know, I'll just stop in and I'll talk to somebody for like 20 minutes and I'll be like, oh, I know a guy you need to talk to. And boom, I've made a connection between two people. And and that's just, you know, yeah, I'm preaching it. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> testify. And I appreciate it, man. But it's it's very, very real. The community piece that we try to instill here and the people that Advent attracts are all into meeting other folks or just being open to it. And being open to having conversations because they get it. Like as soon as you're open to talking with someone, who knows who that person knows or what skill sets they may have that can transform your world. We've had folks become business partners because they met in the space. I love and that. And now they're growing their team. People become friends, exchange work all the time. And like now within the Advent family, everyone basically shops around work amongst themselves because, oh yeah, you know, use interface, go to see if you want branding, marketing, go here. You want SEO work, go to this guy. And then like certain people start becoming like figureheads in the space that everyone goes to. So it's, it's cool. Right. Yeah. Or it's I fun, that. I should say. So, but I didn't ask I didn't really answer all your question about taping, taking the leap from corporate world to entrepreneurial totally. stage is yours. So the idea of I was built, I basically built advent in six months while still working uh, through phone calls while at work and through phone calls in my house and basically going out every night of the week to different events and just hustling and meeting people. And it was pretty much relentless every week, early morning coffees, evening the entire time, even on the weekends, a couple times every weekend. And then as I was leading up and we signed that lease and construction was going on in the space while I was still working full time, I basically decided to leave my job about a month and a half 
when construction was going to be done to be here and get things buttoned up. And so that day or that leading up to telling my boss that I was going to leave for me, uh, was extremely nerve wracking. It was the hardest thing I've ever done because again, my, I was very complacent. I had a wonderful job, consistent hours. I could come home and not have to worry about anything. I could work on my old car without any concern about not being productive. Like no one cares. It's great. So giving that up for a life of, I don't even know if this is going to succeed. And I've, I've locked myself in for three years at least, you know, was nerve wracking, but I, I took the leap. He was super understanding. The conversation went really well. And I was out of there in two weeks and I really haven't looked back. I mean, I talked to folks still there, and but I haven't thought about it at all. So right. it's been, it's been awesome. You know, if somebody came to you and they were in that position where they'd found something that they were kind of interested in, uh, but they had all those things, they had that job, they had a consistent salary, they might have a mortgage that's kind of creeping on them that they need to keep paying uh, or even small children, something like that. What, is there any advice you'd give a person who's in that moment? Yeah. Uh, also, I, I keep failing to mention this. My wife continued to still work. So she really was the breadwinner and allowed us to have the stable lifestyle that we enjoy together. Uh, if it was just me by myself, I'd be in a very different life compared to her by herself, but we are together for one unit. So that was, that helped a lot. I mean, there's, there's no sure that's, and it's still helping a lot for anyone that's thinking about making the leap, figure out a minimal viable product first while you're still working, figure out a way to test the waters, to get things going and to get proof of concept that what you're trying to do is a value to someone else. Like for me, I was able to go and do this meetup group and talk to all these different folks and see what was out there. I also was doing events once every two months, having different speakers talk about different values they had around entrepreneurship. And so it just kind of helped build the community before we open this thing to, to, again, for me, just to test the water to see if people were sincerely interested in it. And they were. And so I knew a little more confidently before we opened, we had 20 people sign up. So we, we came in, we like opened the doors with 20 members paying. So at least I felt like we can cover rent, right? which was nice. Um, that's generally the, 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 uh, the advice that I've been given and what I've seen in action is anyone in a great job that wants to go do something, go find a way to test it somehow. Right. It's kind of, you know, it, before you jump into the deep end, make sure you've had at least a swimming lesson or two that you can stay, keep your head above water. Yeah. And actually, so I'm going to do a shameless plug. Can I do that? No, oh, it's yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here for. All right. So, so we're, I'm partnering with the guy in the space and we're creating a program called community MBA, which is all around helping people get kind of figure out, get their feet wet in this space between real world job and entrepreneurial job potentially. So the idea is you and up to 12 other different people from all different walks of life will take this eight week program. And the first week of the program, you'll get taught all leadership skills, business development skills. And then the first two weeks, you'll be meeting with a real client doing a real project that you and your team have to solve and come up with a solution for within two weeks, whether it's a marketing, branding strategy, um, rolling out some ideas for like redoing their whole finance, whatever it may be. Every client will be very different, but very real. And then you do that for another two weeks for a different project and another two weeks for a different project. And in the last week, you figure out how to apply everything you've learned to your life. And so the idea is, and the goal of it all, is that you as an individual have a chance to connect with all these different people you never would have met before. You got facilitators, mentors, and your, your peers all working together to achieve goals for a client. You're getting exposed to real clients with real problems, with real potential job openings that could hire you down the road. You're getting exposed to entrepreneurs who are in it every day to pick their brain about what it's like to take this leap and work in this world. And you get all this practical business experience that you normally would pay thousands and thousands of dollars for with an MBA, all in a very concentrated cycle. Uh, and then 
also facilitators and VIP people who are really talented in what they do will get paid to essentially share their knowledge. So it's a win-win for everybody. And also people who are sharing their projects like businesses and whatnot can find a whole talent pool right in front of them and see how these people work one-on-one in a much deeper interview um, session, if you will, because they can monitor how these these folks have interacted and what they're doing throughout the life of the project. So we're, we're pretty excited about it. We got our first pilot starting November Third, nice. I'm excited about that too. Where can if somebody was interested in signing up, where do they go? Uh, CommunityMBA.com. Nice. You yeah, you got the dot com. I love it. Yeah, you'll see me and Igor on the front page there, and just sign up. On our, uh, we've actually filled the pilot though. The okay. Pi- the pilot was free. It was only going to be two weeks. So we're looking at some. Re- we already have a, we have a real project. We're rolling out a new coffee brand in Charlotte here. So the goal for the group is to come up with a Facebook group. Yeah. And build the page while also a, creating a go to marketing strategy for them. So it's, we're pretty excited and we're going to see how this pilot goes to see when and how, what we should do with this, our first real program, which will be in March. No, I love the idea. And, and it seems so much more practical than taking two years out of your life, especially if you're not even sure what you want to do. Yeah. To take two years out of your life. And I'm not discounting the value of an MBA. Uh, you know, there's some people who that is it's what they need. You know, to take that next level, they know what their track is. They want to take that next level, and and I think it's a great thing. But for so many people, they they go back and they get that MBA because they're like, well, I need to pad my stats. Yep. Essentially, you know, I've got this four year degree. Now, if I pad my stats, I'll have a, a leg up on the competition. But the problem is that you roll out and you realize, shit, everyone has one. Like so many other people also have that degree now because, I mean, what were we told as kids? Like, school, 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 school will set you free. And we all listened to that advice. We heeded it, and the government was happy to give us the money to go do it. And and so the, the competition is still so thick out there that now you have this degree, it's, it's devalued at least monetarily. And the idea that you can go in, you know, the program is such a good idea because you can go in, you can get a lot of these skills, but they're almost more applicable to life. Yep. You're making connections, these day-to-day things. The only way you can make connections in school were eight, the people around you, the students. And then, you know, if you were good at getting internships of actually putting yourself out there, this forces you to put yourself out there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a great idea because that's one of the, one of the things when people, when I work with young guys and they're like, well, should I do this? And I'm like, but why? You know, we'll go back to why. Why would you do that? Because if you're not doing that to complete a specific plan, then don't do it yet. Because don't just go through checking boxes someone else told you to check because you're going to end up with a bunch of check boxes and, and nothing you know in your actual life to show for it that you feel good about. So I think that's a really good idea. And uh, I, I heard word um, that you guys were putting together a podcasting class. Is there any truth to that? The word in the street is, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, so we're actually teaming up with... Uh, Rob here. <laughs> Moi? Yeah, to build a <laughs> podcast university. So we, we're Advent is really wanting to spearhead creating and building a really intentional podcasting community here in Charlotte and teaching people what podcasting is, awareness about it, how to use it, uh, and how to basically grow and improve as an individual or as a group or whatever it may be. So our first class as our university is a four-week course that Rob's going to be putting on. And it's basically going to take you from Ideas to iTunes is yeah, the name of the course. So clever. It is a great one, man. And uh, so no matter what you got, you're coming out there with an idea as basic as you want, as basic as it could be, the whole class will take you from your idea, will help you groom it, figure out your brand, figure out your marketing, actually teach you how to podcast, why you're podcasting, how to get guests, how to use all the equipment, how to, how to host it, how to uh, grow it, how to monetize it. And then essentially 
you'll come from nothing to having an actual really crisp, nice podcast published on iTunes by the end of four weeks. Yeah, it sounds exciting. It's going to be awesome. Um, and, and I want to make sure that I don't take credit for the name. I'm 99% sure, certain that that was Aaron. It was either you or Aaron. I don't know. I think it was Aaron. It wasn't on my side. Uh, you know, if she, when she <laughs> listens to this, I don't want her to think like, that was my idea. <laughs> credit where it's due. Yeah, we're really excited about that, though. We're working hard to get that. Um, January 22nd, it's going to be up. And one of the cool things that we're doing as well is we're bringing in some of the uh, some local podcasters from the Charlotte market who have been successful. We're going to bring them in and do panels with them as well. So the students are going to have the ability not just to ask you know me questions. They're going to have the ability to talk to other people on the ground who have been doing it even longer than me um, and help them with their strategy, some of the things that, tough stuff that they had to overcome. Basically keep you from having to reinvent that wheel when you're rolling your own podcast out and make it a lot, uh, a lot easier process for you. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really unique for Charlotte to have something like about this. About that. And I'm pumped about, you know, kind of growing that community as well, that community of podcasters. Cause right now, you know, we're all kind of in our own house talking in our own mics and we know about each other because we get listed in the same articles of podcasters in Charlotte together. But I don't think a lot of us would rec- recognize each other on the street. So I'm excited about, you know, kind of really bringing that community together, you know, in the advent space. So and it doesn't hurt that we have a studio oh, that everyone can can leverage to their heart's desire. And it is a suave studio space. The first time I recorded in here, it was cool, but it was uh, I don't know, like I don't know, a little surgical feeling, like very. I don't even know the right word for it. It was cool. It was a cool space, but now like it's just. I mean, it's one of the coolest spaces I've ever been in. Like for for recording, like the the equipment's high end. It's great. Um, the artwork is really cool. The lighting is nice. It's it's a really cool space. Uh, and that's a cool thing about the class, too, is when you sign up, you're going to have the ability to come in uh, one day and sit down and use this equipment and record and get comfortable using this good equipment. And we're going to teach you how to use it as well so you can record your episode here. So, yeah, very exciting stuff. I feel kind of bad. I feel like we're just preaching the good word of Advent and all of our stuff we got going on I mean, here. We brought so you hopefully. in. We wanted to hear your story. I mean, we gave a lot of value. You know, well, and to be fair, this podcasting class is going to be incredibly valuable. Yeah. Incredibly valuable. And where is the website to go find that? Is it, can they find it at Community MBA as well? Or that's well, not a community that, what, either what way, that? don't worry about that. I'm going to link it in the blog and on the show notes. So you can go right to the blog at robertingles.com and go to the, uh, go to this episode with Kevin and we're going to have it linked right there. So don't worry about that. We'll yeah. Ready. Yeah. It's, it's a URL that basically takes you a form to fill out information to get. Yeah. access to the newsletter yeah. list. And the sales page, will, honestly, by the time you hear that, the sales page is going to be up because this probably won't be coming out for another few weeks because I have a couple in the in the pipe ahead. Excellent. But very cool, man. Um, all right, Kevin, well, I don't want to take your entire day away from you. I've seen that calendar that you're working off of and, and it looks pretty merciless. Um, I thought mine was busy, but yours, yours just, it makes my head hurt. <laughs> so I'll let you get back to it in just a minute. Uh, one of the things I always like to ask people and I like to find out for myself is what books are you reading? What books are you going to recommend to somebody who's walking a similar path to you that you think would be eye opening? Oh man. Well, that's another thing I'm trying to do more of is read on my own because no one's telling you what to do as an entrepreneur. No one's holding your hand that you that, need to that's improve. That's the hardest part is that right? accountability. Yeah. So the book I would recommend if you're trying to take the leap is just the lean startup is a pretty Easy, stable. Yeah, I heard that MVP uh, reference earlier. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's a good book. If you're thinking about even getting into that world, it teaches you how to make a minimal viable product just to see if it's worth doing. Yeah, it's and, a, it really is a very good book. And it's easy to read. Uh, another one that I, for me, as like a creative that changed my life, I got to remember the exact name, but it was like, How to Live Your Life as a Creative in Today's Busy World, something like this. Cool. Uh, it's super easy to read, and they also give you great 
factual data points as to why what they recommend is actually worth doing because they show real case studies for how it applies. The, the, the high level concept is you want to be creative, whether you want to create art, dance, music, podcast, whatever it may be, that rather than saving up all this time to get this one perfect weekend to go do eight hours of recording, that you do little chunks every day. Right. And that these little chunks every day, they might not be masterpieces, but over time you're way more productive than you would have been trying to do a masterpiece every once in a while. And uh, there's a lot more to it, but it actually had me changing how I live my day, which most books don't do immediately. Sure. To that extent. So that was awesome. Uh, I need to read the, what is it? Jab, jab, punch, left hook, uppercut. <laughs> jab, 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 right hook by yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to be the staple still. I just, I'll just i tell you, it's a, I mean, having read it, it's a, it's a really good marketing book, a social media marketing book. It really gives you a very st- strong idea of how people can be sold to. And really the idea behind it, it, it will change the words into give, 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 ask. You know, provide value all the time without constantly asking. Because most people do it in reverse. Like when you see an ad, that ad is usually asking you to take a step in that moment. That ad is just being like, hey, we exist by our stuff. You know, we're a thing, like us by our things. And, and, and honestly, if you beat somebody over the head enough, you'll get it in their head. And so, you know, they go to the store and they're like, ah, oh, Doritos. That's probably good. Doritos are good. I've seen them, you know. And that's how a lot of companies have operated for a long time. And I'm not trying to throw Doritos under the bus. They have a great marketing team. I mean, so they have some some funny commercials. And, and to be fair, the product's good, too. Send me free Doritos. <laughs> but the you know the, in the age of internet marketing, it's, it's become a different animal. It, it, instead of just doing ask, 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 you are creating – there's so much free content out there. You're giving this free content. You're grooming your audience. You're getting to know them. You're being authentic about who you are. So they start to resonate with your story. They start to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. And then when you do go to sell that product to them, you've already, they're already groomed for the sale. They are ready for you to ask them. Because when you do, you offer a product that, that – if that person's following you, you probably know what it is that they're into, what their interests are. And, and so you create a product around that, around who those people are. And they've told you who they are and what they're interested in by responding to the value that you give them. And so when you turn around and you sell that product to them now, they're primed and ready. You have given, 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 now you're asking. And and they're going to jump to it. So that's kind of the way the book works, but it gives you really actionable steps. I feel like I'm plugging the book. Um, but that's the thing. I, I'm willing to plug anything that I think is valuable to other people. Sure. And, and that book was very valuable to me because it, it gives you very actionable social media advice. Here's what a good ad looks like on Pinterest. Here's what a good ad looks like on Facebook. Here's what a good ad looks like on Instagram because they're not the same. You're, you're, you're looking, you're talking to a different market through a different medium. And, and it gives you like, like, I don't recommend listening to that one because it gives you visual yeah. cues on what they even look like. Uh, so yeah, I, I like me some Gary V. I saw him a few Are months you sure you ago. Did? Yeah, I saw him a few months ago, and uh, I mean, he's given me enough. I'm ready to be a brand evangelist now. And one more thing, kind of taking down a, a different, very different path from entrepreneur books, is that when you're an entrepreneur running your own business, the lines are continually blurred between the whole work-life balance BS stuff. It doesn't ever ever exist. If you care about your business deeply, you're always in it. And so trying to figure out. When are you going to concentrate certain chunks of time during your day to certain things? Right. Is really what I'm trying to strive for. So that all being said, your relationships, if they matter to you, are generally compromised first because you're spending all this time in your business. So a book that I found that has helped me with my relationship, it's, it's a little gushy, but it's called Love Languages. And oh, it's the five love languages? Yeah, man. Oh, it, yeah. I've it, read that. It's like it's <laughs> it's the fastest way to ensure that your love or your love relationships you have with either your spouse or uh, other people that you deeply care about are groomed and 
I guess watered correctly, if right. you will. So Absolutely. they grow in it. Cause they, it's so like, even now this week has been hell for me. It's just been bonkers. And like, I've done my relationships have really personal relationships have kind of suffered because there's just so much shit going on and I'm to blame. So I'm trying to, anyway, that book, man, if you have time and you want to get into it, it's, it's great. It's, it's a phenomenal book. So, I mean, I'm, and now that you brought it up, I can't not ask, what are your love languages? You know, I just, I, gotta, wa- I just wanted to have to show my love for you. I figure this out, but I'm pretty sure physical touch and maybe uh, acts of uh, service. Acts of service? Mine, I don't know, yeah. though. I think mainly physical touch, probably. Yeah, I, I definitely have two, and they're big. Mine are physical touch and words of affirmation. Mm. Touch me and say nice shit to me. At the same time? Uh, but yeah, ideally. Ideally, yeah, ideally absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, and, that's, and it's so funny. That book was so important to me and, and my relationship, because my wife and I, love each other, like on a deeply passionate, you know, plane, but that's not enough. It, it, it just isn't, it, it will never be enough to, to just have that, you know, burning. You've got to figure out the nuts and bolts as well. And when we started running into issues there, you know, we turned to that book and it was life changing because you feel like I would sometimes just feel like she wasn't acting like she loved me. And, and that's kind of important to feel that. And, and she would feel the same way sometimes. And, and that book helped us realize that we were showing each other what you wanted, what we wanted, but exactly. not what the other person needed. Like I was giving her love the way I like to receive it. Exactly. And she was giving me love. You know, she, she does like acts of service. She likes to be helped out with things. And, and she was doing that for me. Yep. And not that I don't like it, but it's not the way that I was receiving love. It's not the way that I feel it. And so just being able to identify those issues have helped us in so many times because we'll start to have a conversation about something and we're able to realize what's happening. We're able to realize the emotions behind it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I can't, yeah, I'm with you. That that book was very helpful. It's not gushy at all. I love that stuff. It's important. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's one of the, it's, it's really, to me, it's the most important thing in my life is my relationship with my wife. And I will... You know, she's, she's listening to this, right? Probably. You know, she tells me sometimes that she listens, but I have to think because I mean, as much as I talk on the mic, I am talking just this much as soon as we turn the mic off as well. So I have to think that the last thing my wife does when she gets in her car it, it, is turns on more of my voice. You know what I'd like to hear? Him babble some more. And, and, and as much as I talk, I'm pretty sure she's heard everything I just said, you know, like a million times already. So... Yeah, I can't, I can't recommend that book enough. It's great. Well, Kevin, I'm not going to keep you here all day. Where can the listeners find you or find out more about Advent? Uh, the easiest place would be adventcoworking.com. Okay. We're on all the social interweb channels. Um, you can find me at Kevin Jarunas. My last name is a pain in the ass, but it's G as in George, I-R-I-U-N-A-S. Jarunas. Yeah. Cool. And I feel like I heard tales somewhere that if people are interested in trying out the space, they can get a free day pass. Uh, yeah, reach out to us directly. And if you're serious about wanting to potentially commit to membership, we can let you uh, test drive it uh, for free for a day. We also do free day passes once a month for the masses. And we have one today actually going on. And then we also do a free podcast day where you have to reserve your hour slot and you get a free shot at our recording studio for an hour for free. And we now have just published five YouTube videos, soon to be six, on how to use our equipment specifically at Advent what is a podcast, how to use a mic, how to use a board, how to use a recorder, how to dial in your voice to make sure it sounds good, and then what to do with it all afterwards. Very cool. So if you like that stuff and you're interested by it, check that out. And then uh, if you're ready to take the next step, you can, uh, you'll can you be able to sign up for Advent University's podcasting course. And we will take you from idea to iTunes. Yes. All right, Kevin, thanks for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Now, listeners, I know I say this every time, but I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. 
That's what happens when you have the opportunity to sit down with so many amazing people that are doing so much to positively impact the world. Again, you can connect with Kevin at adventcoworking.com or on social media at adventcoworking. Now, before I let you go, if you liked what you heard today, I would be thrilled if you hopped on over to the iTunes store, Overcast, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, wherever it is that you happen to be listening. And do me a favor, hit that subscribe button and leave us an honest review of the show. That is how we keep spreading the word and bringing you killer content every week. And one more quick reminder about the comprehensive podcasting course at Advent Coworking starting in January from idea to iTunes. And you're going to get all that delicious podcasting goodness served up in person by yours truly. Now, whether you already have an idea or you need some help nailing one down in just four short weeks, I'm going to help you take that idea and launch it on iTunes. So if you're ready to press play on your own podcast, head on over to yourpod.pro to sign up for details. That's yourpod.pro. All right, listeners, I know your time is your most valuable asset, so thank you once again for spending just a little bit of that time with me today. Now until next week, get out there and get after it.